Broadcasting from the Ali Ohana Studios, it's the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. Let's talk freight. All right, well, episode 33, we're back. I've uh, I've got special guest Josh Raleigh here with me today. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great, Nate. How are you? Fantastic. You know what's you know what's funny is uh, <laughs> I've had to get pretty creative with with doing these recordings the last month or so. I had um, you know Shua, another another Josh. I had him over at the uh, the home studio a couple different times to record, and we had to do it from six feet away. And now, like obviously, nobody's going to anyone's houses, so Skype. I never thought to never thought to record this way, so. I dig it. And you've got a nice new haircut. Yeah, buddy. Which obviously, since everything shut down right now, you must have did it yourself. I think you were telling me that last night, too. Yeah. With your gamer uh, headset on. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Sound quality is Uh, is crucial. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, Josh Raleigh, you're a a longtime friend of mine, a fellow logistician. You know, you and I started off in the Army together. You're a logistics branch officer yourself before you got out and, and hopped into the the uh, private sector in energy, I guess you would call it, right? Natural gas. Correct. But yep. uh, yeah, even even you working from home, right? I mean, this is it's, it's crazy to see a utility company having workers supervised from home. I dig it. Yeah, though. we're doing uh, one week on at work in the field, and then one week we work from home, organize our guys that way too, so... Nice. Everyone's adapting and overcoming. I dig it. Dig it. Well, anyway, uh, if you're a first-time listener, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You're going to get the latest content. We're going to be dropping this one at midnight tonight, which is going to be hitting, that should be Thursday, yeah, Thursday morning at midnight. I wanted to get it out before the NFL draft because I wanted to hit on the draft today as well before we get into the the main topic here, which is why COVID-19 is a good thing for good freight brokers. So, um you know what? I checked out. I was looking to see if we had any new reviews on Apple or on iTunes today, and I do. Someone left me a one-star review, which dropped my overall average to 4.9, and I'm just trying to figure out which asshole that was that didn't even leave a comment but just dropped the one-star on me. So It's probably the guy that I called out on the last episode. I told him he was an idiot, and he should call me directly or email me and have a conversation because he was giving terrible advice to truck drivers. So anyway, I forget the dude's name, but he was, you know, he was kind of uh, trolling Facebook, and I decided to just poke right back at him. So thanks for the one-star review. I'm going to assume it was him. Hey, brother, um, if somebody, uh, somebody doesn't like you, it means you're doing something right. You know what I mean? That's right. So. I was out, as You know what's funny is I, I once had a, a CEO tell me that if you're being sued, you're relevant. I guess the same right. kind of apply to uh, if, if somebody's sending you some hate messages, right? For sure. Can't appease <laughs> so, everybody. Some, some, some hate rankings. Oh man! So before we get into the topic on on freight brokers and, and why COVID nineteen is a blessing for them, I kind of wanted to hit on some sports stuff that blew my mind. What do we think about Gronk? Gronk <laughs> just heading to the box with with Tom Brady. I I am a little I didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. For for one, Tom Brady going to the Bucks, you know, a few weeks ago, that was kind of uh, crazy too. Yeah, but but Gronk following him, and then for what a, a fourth round draft pick. 
Twenty pound draft pick. Yep. Exactly. Wow. I mean, Gronk's um, lost a lot of size, so he's going to have dude, to work hard to get that back on. Yeah. Well, they're saying that he might not play as a tight end. They were saying like make some kind of specialized role for him. I've seen anything from like receiver blocking kind of mix, which is ex- essentially what he did as a tight end anyway. Yeah, like a flex. Yeah. <laughs> maybe some kind of hybrid role. I don't know what their what their OC or their coaching staff has in mind, but it'll be interesting. You know what's funny too is, um, obviously I just had my uh, my son was born last week and his nickname was Baby Gronk because he was so big <laughs> he didn't he didn't come out naturally he didn't drop so we had to do a, a C section, but. I might have to get this little this little dude a Buccaneers jersey now. Yeah, I don't know. Baby cross nine yeah. pounds, killing it. <laughs> nine pounds is right. Yeah. So, Goodness. oh man, and the draft. So the draft. Obviously, we're gonna drop this at midnight. Draft will be tonight. Then, if you're watching, that's Thursday the twenty third. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Is it four days? Right, four days. I it's four days. Yeah, because yeah. round one is just Thursday. It's, it's all it, being done one. remotely and virtually this year. So, um, who are you saying number one pick's going to be? You going with Tua? No, definitely um, Burrow. Uh, Burrow, LSU's quarterback, dude, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I was just watching, uh, I mean, you throw on, like, CBS Sports or ESPN, there's, like, all kinds of, they have, like, the, the mock drafts and what, what order they think people go in. It's going to be a cool year to see how these QEs pan out, where they end up going. I think we know where they're going to go, but we'll see. So I think he's going to be in um, We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So number one draft pick, Cincy. Uh, although I love Andy Dalton. Yeah, well, he's there. he's uh, Bill's hero for sure. <laughs> he is. Yeah, I think we saw him a ton of chicken wings for his uh, first miraculous play a couple of years ago that uh, that got Buffalo into that wild card spot. Oh, it's the Ravens, right? And then is that what? It, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, but. And I think, remember how much money Buffalonians donate to his foundation? It was absurd. Yeah, it was I, can't, I can't. Yeah, it was awesome, though. Good Heads stuff. of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. That's, that's Buffalo for you. So, now, on another topic of sports, I'm curious. What, what I mean, besides the draft, what can you look forward to right now? Because I feel like I'm going to watch the draft. And it'll be the most exciting thing I've watched on TV in forever. Uh. I'm sick of getting Snapchats of 1980 Sabres games from my friends. It's like, dude, I wasn't even That's alive. True. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they were like, hey, uh, go on MSG. The Sabres are playing the Rangers in the playoffs. And I'm like, dude, I was like nine years old and that game was coming out or something. I can't remember. But Yeah. Oh, man. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Anyway, good to have you on, Josh. And uh, the one of the things I always say is there's a, there's a lot of overlap. But oh, wow, it's windy outside. I said I just had something fall down in my front yard. Anyway, um, there's a there's an overlap, and there's a lot of difference between military logistics and logistics on the civilian side of things. I think one of the but they definitely overlap because mm-hmm. the government uses private transportation and public or I'm sorry, private sector transportation to move a lot of their stuff. So. Obviously, you saw in the Army, Army's got its own truck drivers, has its own trucks, but you were at Fort Campbell, right? Right. So if, let's say you guys were, when you guys mobilized and the unit went to Afghanistan and you guys had Mm -hmm. to go to different training locations or ship your stuff, the Army wasn't moving it. You might have had soldiers packing stuff up, but eventually that would either go on a semi-truck or on a rail yard or in a rail yard on a train um, eventually on a ship so there's a lot of there's a lot of overlap between the two so one of the things that we see a lot in 
um, and brokerage and third party logistics is the DOD side of things. So a lot of it is is base to base moves, training stuff, new fielding of equipment, stuff like that. It all goes there on a truck. Uh, most of the time we're on a train, sometimes on a plane, depending on the uh, the urgency of it. But uh, it all kind of intertwines. I think one of the biggest differences, though, is that in a, in a, uh, in a private sector, pricing is, is very variable, right? Where in the Army, like, you know, there's set rates for anything from your paycheck to how much child costs if you have to buy, pay for your meals, you know what I mean? Or, like, Absolutely. how much it costs to go golfing on the golf course based on your rank. Whereas in the private sector, the cost of a truck to move stuff is all dependent on supply and demand. So that's kind of the... Uh, you know that's capitalism, baby, right? And that's, that's a good thing. So one of the and with that, the the one topic I wanted to discuss is why I think coronavirus or COVID nineteen is a major blessing to good freight brokers. And I know that sounds kind of cynical. It's not really a blessing to anybody because you know we don't want to have people dying and getting sick and and having to you know have these stay at home orders or quarantines whatever they're being called in different places but um, if you're good at your job this is actually a really really good time to capitalize on that so uh, have you now before before I get into the, the details of it I'm kind of curious so you you work in the uh, the energy sector in I guess you work for a utility company it's a gas company right. natural gas right but you guys have different sectors have you noticed because you're a supervisor have you seen um, and you don't have to like drop names or anything but when people start to work from home, I think there's people that are good at it and, you know, they actually thrive and do better at their job, if not just as good. Mm-hmm. And then you have people that will slack, right? Have right. you seen have you seen anybody that is, is basically just taking advantage of being at home? Uh you get it from both sides, you know, and yeah. The the accountability factor, you really have to take it upon yourself if you're a good individual or a hard worker to really be yeah. there to help out. You know, but uh it does make it very difficult sometimes. Instead of going, you know, A to B, you have to go A, B, C, D just to get one answer. You know, the nice thing about working yep. in the office is I can work with another supervisor who I know knows the answer that I have a question for. But if he's not there, then I have to make four calls. If I can't get through yeah. or he's on another call, I have to call his personal phone or leave him a voicemail, a text message. It, it takes a lot longer to do things, but considering the circumstances, it, we are taking the necessary precautions for the social distancing, but we're still effectively... Um, providing a safe commodity to our customers. You know, yeah. It gets hard uh, if we have to go in someone's home. You know, we have to go in full kit. You know, if, but uh, we're doing everything we can. So, but on the flip that. side of that, oh, sorry, but no, go ahead. I mean, on the flip side of that, though, you know, some people might look at this as, hey, I get a week off, but that's not truly the case. You know, you still have to be accountable and get your job done. Yeah. I think that that's kind of the the point that I wanted to hit on is for those people that take it as a vacation, that's why the people that don't take it as a vacation can can really shine in this time. One of the things I think this this whole thing exposes is that certain certain industries you can really get by and do well with everyone working remotely because you're on the phone as it is anyway. Whereas other industries like yourself. If you're not in person, it, it takes a big hit on the operation. Like you said, mm-hmm. you have to make four phone calls when you could just, you know, see somebody across the office. Now, one of the things I thought was interesting about all this is, you know, and I'll, I'll get into how brokers can really thrive right now, but some of the other impacts that we've seen is, you know, I, I had, I had talked with somebody the other day, um, broker that, 
one of the commodities that they move, their customer is sitting on truckloads and truckloads of stock right now waiting to ship it out. The problem is, because they're considered an essential service, it's basically it's a, it's a food type of product, but one of the packaging materials that they use to finish their product comes from a different company that's not an essential mm. service. So they can only ship out what they have ready and already packaged ready to go, and now they're sitting on all their own product and they can't finalize it, package it, and get it shipped out. So there's there's really weird nuances happening right now where, like, let's say, for example, um, like, let's say you had kitty litter, right? Because you have a cat. You have you have two cats at your house, right? Yeah, two dogs, two cats, yeah. Two dogs, two cats, yeah. You're just like, you're like Joe Exotic, Josh Exotic over there. <laughs> with a, a nature preserve in the house. Um, so let's say you've got cat food or dog food, right? And obviously that would be considered an essential service because it's food for for animals, right? But let's say the company that does the, I don't know, like the box, that makes the box, Right. So Packaging, a company like sure. Purina might have a ton of dog food or cat food ready to roll, but they can't finalize that product and get it shipped out to distribution centers or, you know, end users or, you know, point of sale locations because other parts of the supply chain are not considered essential. So I personally think that this is going to, it's going to very, in the very, very near future, we're going to see a lot of this stuff start to peel back. Like I think right now, they, the White House has laid out the like the three phases to getting back to um, you know a normal society. And I think before you hit those phases, I think it goes like you have to meet like all this criteria in each region, or like it's per state or per region, whatever it is. I'm you know I'm not an expert on it, but basically, if you go like 14 days and all your numbers are dropping, whether it's cases, deaths, um, positive tests, you know new cases, whatever. So once you meet all those criteria, then you go to phase one, which is like, all right, gatherings of 10 people is the max. Mm-hmm. And then once you once that's good for a while, phase two is gatherings of 50 people. And then it goes to phase three, which is, you know, back to normal life. Yeah, so, yeah I know it's, it's going like county, state, and, you know, and yeah. above. So. Absolutely. So it's, I don't know, it's a strange time we live in, but so let's let's get into the reason why I think coronavirus is a blessing for good freight brokers. So um, we kind of led up, led up to it with working from home and some layoffs and stuff like that, essential versus not essential. So I think in any industry when it comes to sales, and a freight broker is definitely a salesperson, okay? There's, there's the sheep and there's the wolves. And yes. the sheep scatter. Right, mm-hmm. the sheep will scatter when stuff goes bad. The wolves are always hungry, right? So that's like a good salesperson or a good broker versus a bad one. So whether you were laid off or you're working from home and being lazy and not working as hard because you're, you know, very heavily reliant on your base pay or something like that versus being, you know, a commission-based person, um, those sheep or those lazy or you know, unexperienced, non-seasoned brokers are, are going to really just kind of fall by the wayside. And it's a great opportunity for the the hunters, the wolves, the hungry good freight brokers to get in there and capitalize on the business that's being lost or not taken advantage or not really being taken care of by those sheep. So I think that's something to be said right there. And that's why I asked you, have you noticed anybody that has been slacking from home? And honestly, I mean, whether you're at home or you're not at home, it's going to happen regardless. It's just, you know, is it top of mind? Is it, it's visible stuff like that. So, um, you know, who and where is your competition right now as a freight broker? Like I said, with people being laid off, 
you know, I mentioned TQL is one company. You've got a bunch of other companies as well that are laying off employees because they don't want to keep payroll or they can't need payroll with all the, uh, the the reduction in certain revenues um, or receivables, right? So a lot of your competition as a broker right now is, you know, unemployed or working from home, being lazy, doing all that. They're not top of mind. Maybe they're not very structured or disciplined to be able to do their job from home the way that you would or already are doing. So just well, things to think about. Nate, when you What's think about that? like that, when you think about it like that too, though. I mean, if say you're heavily into one industry like packaging and stuff like that, maybe yep. you're cut short a little bit. Well, to be effective, you kind of have to think outside the box. No pun intended. But find other <laughs> find it find a, find another avenue to work with. You know, what yeah. do people need? What do people? And maybe one of those guys who was killing it before when normalcy was a thing. He's kind of been comfortable. He's like, oh, I'm in an industry. I'm not going to be affected. Well, that gives you the opportunity to maybe slide in there and start putting a foothold, getting a foothold in yep. that industry, that that part of that industry, I should say. You know, like just because you're you're drying up right here doesn't mean that the river's not flowing over here. You got to move there. You got to find it. You want to be a wolf. You got to hunt. I agree. One of the things I actually looked up before we we started this recording today is I looked at what are the industries that are actually increasing production and business during coronavirus times right now. Because obviously there's a lot that have taken a hit, right? The restaurant industry has taken a big hit. Um, you know, but they, for example, some of the ones that have gone up, building materials, Home Depot, Lowe's, stuff like that, like lumber, all that stuff. It has gone way up, and I think a big part of that is people are at home. They've got more time on their hands. They want to be productive. They're going to get some stuff stuffed around the house, right? So if you're maybe you're into you're doing some flatbed business and um, you want to look more into lumber or the distribution centers to Home Depot, Lowe's, you know your local hardware store. We've got value home centers here in Buffalo, New York. Um, true value is you know you name it, right? Um, that's the kind of stuff that's going up, right? Procter and Gamble. With sanitizer, soaps, hygiene products, all that stuff, right? Masks. I mean, I'm not going to list all of them, but there are industries that are going way up right now. And on top of all of that, you've got oil basically being sold at a loss right now. That's just supply-demand. They're, they're basically selling up for less than it costs to produce because they're trying to keep that supply of oil moving right now, which is going to cause mm-hmm. gas prices and diesel prices to go down. So... You find an industry that has an increase in shipping demand, then you have a decrease in, in fuel prices. It's a great opportunity if you do it all right. But I think a big takeaway here is, and like you said, shift your focus. You know, Maybe the river's dry here, but it's flowing over there. You have to do the research and the self-education to know what's going on. So I always say, you know, hop on to you know news websites sites that are specific to your industry or transportation. Um, you can use Google and set alerts where you get a daily email on certain like keywords. So, like for me, I always have like, like transportation, brokerage, stuff like that. So I get a daily email telling me, here's the top articles or news things today regarding that. So let's say you do, you know, you want to set it for agriculture or building materials, mm-hmm. lumber, you name it. You can do that. There's ways to, to make your life easy so you don't just have to go blindly searching for it. But you have to you have to have the information. That knowledge is going to be power. Who said that? Was that Albert Einstein, right? Knowledge is power? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Fact check. Um, Fact but, yeah, so definitely – can we Google this right now? Lock I'm doing it right now. I got it. I got it. Yep, yep. All right. I should but know that. It's I very – it's a, it's a famous line. What do you got for us? 
Uh, that's not a video game. That's not right. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Sir Francis Bacon. Seriously? He was a scientist. Yeah, that's what it says. The phrase... Oh, wow. Scientia potenta est. It's a Latin aphorism, meaning knowledge is power, is commonly attributed to Sir Francis Bacon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, oh scientia potentia is whatever. Yep. Okay. Sir Francis Bacon. Well, I, 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 I had to learn about it. He said Einstein a, a shout out when he didn't deserve it, but sorry. still I, a smart guy. Bacon did something with chemistry, too. I remember I had to learn this, what he did. And obviously, I, it didn't stick with me, but. I love yeah. bacon. Like, I love to eat bacon. <laughs> That's so, bacon's powerful. <laughs> um, speaking of bacon, so, like, Tyson and some other food companies, though, they've actually had to shut down. So I think they said, like, 10% of the world's or of the country's um, food production plants are, are shut down because of the, the current pandemic right now with outbreaks on their employees and stuff like that. So the big thing is have the, have the information. That's going to put you ahead of everybody else. I think every single broker sits tries to educate themselves on the economy and and what to expect in the future. I think a lot of them just kind of do their job, and that's why you have such a high turnover with W two model freight brokers because they're, you know, they come in, they sink or swim, and you know all you got to do is be that one that you know that swims, but even more so, you're the shark that swims, not you know, right. not the bait. So, um, you know, another good thing too is you know with with everybody, everybody being laid off or at home or maybe they're slipping up on their stuff, whether it's a customer or a carrier or any kind of important vendor or relationship that you have, this is your time to shine if you actually are good. It's also a really bad time to show how terrible you are if you really are terrible because, you know, when people are stressed out and frustrated, you know, they're going to remember that, that bad incident a lot more than that one good thing so um i think it's it's a great time to be a problem solver and a solutions minded kind of person think about that example i gave you how the the one product couldn't be um produced because it wasn't essential well maybe as a logistician think outside of your your sales broker mindset and put on your your problem solving hat and say what other opportunities do we have to maybe help this customer out with that situation is there an alternative product they can use is there a different way to package it is there a different way to get it to the next person in the supply chain without that item? Who knows? Maybe right. they sell it in bulk versus package. I don't know. Yeah. But these are all things that you can do in conversations you can have with your customer that's going to build a, a good level of rapport and a good relationship where you now become a credible source for them beyond just, hey, I've got a truck available. Now you're a problem solver, which is what a logistician, by definition, should be, in my eyes, right. is, a, is a problem solver. Just like, a truck. Nate. Nate, we had a colonel one time that used to always tell us to see the big picture, you know? See the forest yeah. and not the trees. Don't be so focused on the one thing that's holding you up. You know, sometimes you have to not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but put better tires on. You know, what can I do to get me from point A to point B when my line of connection has already been cut off, you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. So... I mean, this is the time. If you're if you're that person, or if you if you have the potential to be that person, this is the time to do it. Pain or get off get pain or get off the ladder. You're gonna put a lot more hours in, and do a lot of stuff that's probably outside of your comfort zone. But this is the time to do it. I know, like uh, you know, Dave Ramsey always says, "Live like no one else." So later, you can live like no one else. Well, you can right now. You can work 
like no one else. So later down the road, you can work like no one else. Meaning, you bust your ass now, get all this done, mm-hmm. and you know it's going to pay you back in you know ridiculous dividends when people are when business is flooding to you, and you're going to be right. working like nobody else and not having to prospect as much because you became that reliable, credible source. Another thing people are doing too is they're using the the current times to, and they've got extra time in their day because maybe they're not commuting or business has slowed down in certain areas, they're starting to brand and market themselves a lot more. So if you want to be that, that you know, get to that next level, that higher caliber, start to brand your image, brand your company, you know, look to really market yourself and get out there, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, mm-hmm. um, you name it, the website, you can do all kinds of stuff. It's not just, you know, hey, I'm going to point, aim, shoot, whatever. Right. You know, now it's hey, let's take a let's look at the forest, not just the trees. Bigger picture. What else can I do here? What else can I paint in my sector sketch? Right? There's a there's a bigger yeah. realm to be seen than just the you know the the ten mirrors in front of you. So, so um, take advantage of it. There's a lot of stuff. What's fun, what's funny too, man, is you talk about um, kind of getting out there working like no one else. You can work like no one else. Like when I used to work in the agricultural and dairy industry, you know, that's a very hard market to sell to because they're such a loyal base. You know, like. They've worked with the same salesman for 10 years. You go in there, and you're good luck trying to talk to a guy. You know, they'll be friendly, but they've been working with Joe down the road for 10 years. Now, yep. the best opportunity that you have is to be available when Joe's not, you know, because they need something right now. In a time, This is a time where people need their commodities that they work with every day, and they need a reliable source. If their reliable source isn't being reliable, that's your window to swoop in there and just maybe get a, a small foothold. So that way he remembers one day, hey, Josh, I called him at 9.30 one night, and he was available. He was on the phone. He came when he needed him, you know, and that's how it was. It just it took one positive interaction to kind of get in there with them. I mean, it might you might have to be super persistent, but it'll work out eventually. And if it doesn't, then just you learned a valuable tool of basically being resilient and driving on. That's that is literally probably the, the biggest takeaway you could have in this entire episode is 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 that right there is that you're not going to always get that sale that first conversation but when you're persistent and you make yourself available and reliable cuz guess what like you said customer might have been working with so and so for the last 10 years but when that person's not available and you are boom there you go mm-hmm. you got your and, shot yeah and, and they're going to remember they're going to remember and they're going to say hey this guy was there when i needed him the most you know so it goes a long way. Love it. So, what do you like better? Do you like working in the uh, Do you like working in the utility industry, or do you like Did you like working in the dairy industry better? <laughs> They're very different. <laughs> very, very different. You know, what at the end of the day, it, my job, you have to be knowledgeable in both sectors, but it, it's people. You have to know people. You know, you have to know what motivates your individuals. If they they show up to work one day, maybe you have a guy who's always been on time. You know, and one day he shows up, he has a couple days in a row where he's five minutes late, ten minutes late. And a lot of guys would go to him and be like, hey, man, you're being a jerk-off employee. But in reality, you could be like, hey, what's going on? You don't, you don't know if his daughter was sick or his wife's been going through issues. You know, you need to know people. And by getting to know the people and actually understanding with them and working with them, they're going to work so much harder for you. You know, that goes back to yeah. the relationship you have with the dairy farmer. Like, if he gains that trust in you, if your employee every day gains that trust in you, they're going to work hard for you, and that's going to increase dividends. That's going to increase productivity. It's going to work well, you know. I think one of the big uh, the big lines in sales is that people do business with 
people that they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes back to all that. Like, you know, it's it's the human the human part of it, right? Because, yeah, it's like it's not just a transactional type of um, mm-hmm. industry. This is like you said, you don't know what happened in that person's life, and if you can if you can build that rapport and have that relationship where it's not just you know executing a shipment or you know booking a truck for that person and getting it picked up but hey you can actually have a positive influence in their day and make them enjoy their time spent working with you that's going to pay you know dividends for you know many 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 um, years to come so good discussion man i dig it i dig it so that's why that's why i think this is a blessing for people that are good at their job because it gives you a unique opportunity to stand out from everybody else but you can't just fake it and assume, hey, I'll fake it till I make it. No, like these are, like you said, th- these are these are you know unprecedented times when um, you know it's it's the stuff we've never seen before. So if you actually are good, this is the time to really stand out and, and show what you're made of. So you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the future looks, but yeah. take advantage of it if you're if you're actually good. That's what I have to say. Like you said, dude, pooper, get off the pot. You know, painter, get off the ladder. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. Now's the time to strike. So, yep. make it down. Absolutely. All right, I want to get into some uh, some trending in social media. I got three three statements. Actually, I have one statement and two questions. First statement comes from Steve. Steve says, um, some intelligence group is predicting freight volumes are going to remain negative into 2021. Uh, I don't think so. I think, well, whatever article it's, he's referencing, I, I think the article is, uh, I get it, people are predicting, like they say, economists and meteorologists are the only two jobs where you can be <laughs> wrong half the time and still have a job, right? Um, yeah. I don't think so. I think you're going to see the onions start to peel back and industries start to reopen, not to mention trillions of dollars just got pumped into the, you know, the American workers and households' wallets, right? right. People are getting, you know, I think it started last week, $1,200 per adult and plus an extra 500 per kid given, you know, income limits and whatnot. But that's thousands and thousands of dollars, hundreds and millions and all this stuff, dollar billions, pumped back into the economy. Is everyone going to spend it right now? Who knows, right? There's probably a lot of still uncertainty and people are scared, so they're not going to spend it right away. They might have to, they might be saving it as like a, you know, as like a little bit of a safety net for them. But when the, when the consumer confidence gets back up and it mm-hmm. will, and again, it's only April, right? We've got a hell of a lot of the year left to go. We've got eight months to go. So, you know, when that, when that goes back up, you're going to see spending go up. You're going to see a lot of new, products being sold um people are going to probably buy stuff to prevent future situations like this so like hey i got you know i got uh working from home and i wish i had this that and the other thing well guess what the you know later in the year and when they start doing whatever they're going to probably start buying items that'll make their house more comfortable to work in from home mm-hmm. if they do that because who, who knows working from home might be a new norm oh, right sure. we, so, we're kind of proving that it, it can work Necessary, yeah, you know, in a certain situation. Hopefully, not for a long period of time, but yeah. Um, and dude, another thing too is the, the confidence that, like, okay, you say twelve hundred bucks per person. That might not seem like a ton of money to that individual, but at least it's showing that they're going out of their way. They're putting people's minds at ease to an extent. Yeah, you know, definitely. 
So I think by 2021, I think we're going to see, I think you're going to see volumes go back up. Um, the, the biggest unknown is like, you know, is there, is there a vaccine, you know, the antibody mm-hmm. testing? When is this going to end? Are people going to be too scared to get back out there and have a, a, you know, get back to normal life? We don't know. Right. But I don't think eight months from now you're going to have you know, right. the same yeah. world living in right now. <laughs> I mean, it, like, if you right. continue on the trend they're seeing right now, of course it's going to go down. But it's going to end at some point. And then at that time that it ends, it's going to spike. And yep. it's going to be great. You know, think about all that so, stuff that's not being shipped right now. That's going to have to be shipped. It's going to, mm-hmm. it's going to bounce back. All right. Next, the next question is uh, Amanda asks, "What is an appropriate tonu amount?" It's been happening more often lately. So tonu, um, truck order not used. Obviously, truck. You know, you book a truck and then you cancel it for whatever reason. Um, so she wants to know what's an appropriate amount. So. This is a there's a lot of variation here. I think the industry standard for a tonu can be you know 250 bucks give or take. Um, it can be higher or lower though depending on the specific situation. Um, you know depends on what you maybe agreed upon in writing prior. The the point here though the big takeaway is you should be paying these out right. It's the right thing to do. It's an ethical decision. You don't want to be screwing carriers over if you made a mistake or if your customer had a had a mix up or an issue. Um, you know, majority of the time the customer is going to pay that tonu because it was their it was an issue on their end, right? Now if you're a broker and you double booked two trucks and it was by mistake, well you should be eating that tonu yourself. That's your mistake. You should own that. So um, let's say the truck was in your city and went to the pickup and it took two hours of their time. Maybe 250 is too much, right? And you might have to have a reasonable conversation. But if they drove deadhead empty miles, you know, a couple hundred miles, and they spent an entire half day or a full day work, yeah, you got to pay these guys out. So that's my take on it. Um, big thing is get it in writing and mm-hmm. know that if you're if you're in an industry where these are common, um, you know, have the conversation prior if you can. So that's my take. All right, next question, the last one, and Josh, I'm going to have your take on this. This is a guy named James. He said, um, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to try to explain what he means because he didn't he didn't really even use proper grammar. He said, wouldn't the best solution for brokers be a percentage cap? Say broker rates were capped at 10%, they would work harder to drive up rates, and both trucker and brokers would win. Uh, basically, what James is saying Jeez. is, I'm guessing he's <laughs> on the carrier side. He's saying, like, oh, um, we should have a set flat rate or a cap or a ceiling on the profit margin that brokers make. That way, it's going to be more profit for brokers and truckers. So basically, if a broker does good hard work, the the, the carrier is going to win and make money too. Um, mm. I wrote in my notes, uh, I said, "Okay, you socialist Nazi." <laughs> kind of a harsh reaction, but I mean, realistically, um, hard socialist. work gets rewarded, right? Hard oh. work gets rewarded. This is capitalism. Well, not so. Like, I mean, okay, to bring back what we were talking about earlier, this is a great way to take wolves and create sheep okay because anytime you ever cap something out or you make it give somebody a, a an automatic number that hey you can only make this well guess what they're gonna hit that number they're gonna stop like yeah like the nice thing you're about gonna turn you're gonna turn wolves into sheep yeah yeah it's sure. complete opposite of what we want it's complete opposite of like what america was founded on america was founded on the opportunity you want to work harder you're gonna make more money you want to provide for your family well guess what you got to go outside and bust your butt okay like if you finally start saying, hey, you're going to bust your ass, pardon my language, but, and then we're only going to cut, you're only going to give you this much when Joe Schmo 
who worked, you know, half as much as you did is going to get the same amount. That's going to completely kill your work ethic. So yep. this is this is a bad idea. This is this is not good, and this would never happen in America. I agree. And I think what's even worse, it's not even just that. It goes one step further too. This guy is basically saying that, you know, I'm going to work hard and yeah. only take a certain percentage of profit so that you cannot work hard and get my other part of my profit. So let's, let's say, I think broker, I haven't looked at the, the most recent debt, the DAT uh, statistics, but let's say, for example, a brokerage, I'm going to give a range, 15 to 20% profit margin on average for the work that the broker does, okay? Um, so if you were to take that and put it at 10 and then say, oh, that other 5 to 10% margin is now going to be thrown into the rate that the truck gets paid so that carriers are making more money. Dude, no way. As a broker, no. right, if no. my hard work as a broker makes me X amount of money, I'm not going to give half of it to you be- just because you don't like that I'm that's doing his, what I'm doing. And that's his job as well. That's both of your prerogative is to figure out what's going to make you money. And that's what it Fine, comes down yeah. to. You have yes. to negotiate that. Like, you want the most for you. He wants the most for him. Find that happy medium. Make an agreement. Communicate. And we all win. You know, like, yes. you, and then does this guy know Bernie is no longer running for president? <laughs> oh my goodness that drives me bonkers uh, I think I actually one of my last episodes was titled Bernie Sanders will not save the trucking industry <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know but yeah uh, oh man but no it, it, it goes against all capitalistic ideals dude and the nice thing about capitalism the way the reason it works is because it takes hardworking individuals and it allows them to thrive and if you're not a hardworking individual you might not thrive you could get lucky but more than likely you're not you know, and yeah. to, to set a cap on the amount of money that you can make with the amount of work that you put into it, it's just, it, it's asinine. It's annoying. It's sad. You know? It's sad. It, it blows my mind that people literally have that mentality and they think that way. Because if that's your thought process, you should yeah. not, well, I guess if you're a driver, you're not really in a sales role. That's pretty much what a broker does. But, you know, it's sad to think that people think that way because then you right. could just think like, oh, I want to work, I want to drive less as a truck driver and make more money, you know, or mm-hmm. hey, I'll make the same amount of money, but I'll have to work less. It's like, no, you should want to work as hard as possible to provide the best possible, you know, means and opportunity for you and your family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sad, you make but more money. You think about, you know, you can look at it from a higher standpoint too. Like, you know, let's say a broker's job is to, you know, make as much profit as possible for the work that they're doing. As a carrier, maybe you have to get a little bit more efficient, right? Mm-hmm. Replace your trucks in certain areas, figure out where you're spending money elsewhere that right. is a waste, and get your bottom line up in a different way than just asking for brokers to make less money so you can make more. Um, and dude, this, this, piggybacks, this piggybacks right up what we were talking about before. If your industry or the product that you're shipping is kind of dried up, you need to find new outlets. Well, okay, it, it goes the same way of where can I cut costs? Where can I trim the fat? You know, and if I need, yep. want to make more money, then how can I make more money? You know, um, and also like this guy may seem, you know, like he's being super saying things that people might admire, but, uh, you know, man, it's at the end of the day, you want to make more money, you know, ethically, morally. And when times are tough, you're going to be happy you made that money. I agree. I agree. Uh, final thoughts before we, I, I want to get into this draft again here. I wanted to, I pulled up some mock draft stuff. Um, 
I don't even care about your final thoughts. We're just going to go to the draft. So I didn't realize, <laughs> I didn't look at any of these. They're projecting Tua to go to uh, fifth pick to Miami, which I didn't even think about that, which I guess I should have. Um, so Joe Burrow to Cincinnati, and then Chase Young from the Ohio yeah. State. Oh, beast, man. Super I saw him play this year. I went I went to that game this year against um, uh, who the heck were they playing? I can't remember Ohio right State. now. Yeah, it was Ohio State game. I went down with Ian. And uh, we got there. We showed up five minutes late, and it was already like 21 nothing. I'm like, oh, my goodness. But, wow. yeah, it was probably go to a game Dude, Miami year. has like three picks in the first round. Yeah. Oh, dude, Buffalo, I forgot. We don't have any picks because we picked up Stefan Diggs. Yeah, which so we, I'm not upset about. I mean, hey, I, I'll take hey, it because we hey, we already come out of the we come out of it with a win already. Then so. yeah. it comes it comes back to the model about like you want somebody that can perform. Stephon Diggs has shown that he can perform. That's the only downside to rookies is you don't know how they're going to handle the notoriety, you know, the fame, um, the big opportunity in the big game. But I mean, Joe Burrow's is he's good. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, what what was our pick position before we traded it away? And I'm looking at Minnesota, and I'm not seeing them on here. They must have. Oh, here it is, 22. Yeah. Well, we got. It, Isn't it that right? Yeah, right behind, right behind New England. Yeah, from Buffalo Bills, right behind New England. Okay, pick 22 and 23. Wow. We also picked up some like, we signed some small contracts this year too, which hopefully they have a season. You know, we signed. Um, who is it? Uh, the DB, uh, Norman, Josh Norman from Carolina. Yeah. But we signed into yeah. a one year deal. It was, it was like about a month ago. There was a lot of really, really good, a lot of really yeah. good transactions. Was that like the last day of, or right around like when free agency, whatever? A lot, a lot of big stuff. Like we re signed, um, Jordan Poyer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Poyer. Um, but Norman, dude, I think it was a one year deal. If we don't have a season this year, it makes you wonder how that one year deal is going to work out, you know? Uh, I think it's one season is how they're going to look at it. That's what I would think. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I miss sports. Yeah. Is this year... Is this, is it this year that they're doing the new playoffs? Yeah, they added uh, They added another team, I think, to the playoffs per, per conference, I believe. Is yeah. It? I think yeah. it's this year. That starts this year. Crazy. It's a, it's a year we're finally going to win the... The division. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I. It's not in the bag, but I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I would love this the, the Bills against the Buccaneers though. Super Bowl. <laughs> oh my goodness! Every Bills fans gonna be like, no. <laughs> Freaking Tom Brady. Oh, Dude, you know what's funny though is like Sean McDermott said that about Gronk. He said, I don't think Gronk's done playing football. Mm. He's like he said. I think Gronk's done playing football with the Patriots. <laughs> he takes a year out, loses yeah. some weight, and now he's you know he's back at it. Remember all the the concussions he talked about having? Like yeah, you want to you you have to look out for yourself and your family too. You know yeah. Like I know he doesn't. I don't think he has like a wife and kids, but he still has to take care of himself. Yeah, and that dude would yeah, deliver some hits, man. Yeah, big, I mean, he boy. also had some pretty some. He had some bad ones that he threw down against uh, the Bills outside, like outside of uh, oh, yeah. off the field after plays are dead. But whatever. That was pretty. That was super scummy. Yeah. Well, he got he you know he got his for it. So whatever. So that's that, man. Good uh, good episode. 
gotta have you on again it'll be fun I enjoyed it and um, definitely good conversation yeah buddy until next time go Bills go Bills that wraps up this episode of the Midnight Freight Broker Podcast thanks for joining us and make sure to check out the show notes for links to the articles that I discussed today Make sure to leave a review and send me a message with your comments and suggestions for future topics. See you on the next episode. Aloha. Okay. Starting recording. Do it live. On Skype, avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. All right, cool. Josh Raleigh, you're being recorded right now. I have, apparently have to tell you that. I like <laughs> it. Via Skype. <laughs>